This is Pet Life Radio. Let's talk pets. And welcome, welcome. You're live with Dr. Jeff Werber, your host here for the next 30 minutes on Pet Life Radio's Ask the Best with Dr. Jeff. And uh, we're here for you. We're here for your pets. And also a simulcast with my IG Live. And see all of you joining. Thank you so much. I'm going to wave to many of you as I can. Boy, it's coming fast. Love this. Absolutely love it. So um, anyway, uh, you want to get a hold of me, please. Very easy to do. Number one, phone number, the old-fashioned way. Toll-free, of course, 877-385-8882. Once again, 877-385-8882. Or you can join me here live. Go to PetLifeRadio.com. Click on Shows. Scroll to Ask the Vets with Dr. Jeff. And just click on the Zoom link. Or, of course, here on Instagram. You can just follow me. Uh, just uh, any questions you want, please. Now's the time to ask them. There was a good one that someone sent me last week. I asked them to do it on Instagram or on Pet Life Radio, and it was a good thing to talk about. And of course, I forgot the question, but I'll think about it. So glad to see you all here on this lovely Sunday morning. So a couple of things I want to announce. First of all, starting July 29th, what you want to do is if you go to my Instagram on my bio, you're going to see a link. All right. And you're going to click on this thing. It's the last thing on the, the few things on the bio list. Okay. And uh, it's a link to the allergy summit. I did a pet summit and I did a whole thing on allergies. It's great. You should join in. And um, I think the first, I don't know how many, but the first registrants are going to be free. And uh, anyway, it's just great. They're going to be, I, I don't know, I think a dozen or more speakers on allergy that's starting actually on the 26th uh, tomorrow with a senior, excuse me, on Tuesday with a um, senior summit on pet aging and things like that. And then I'm going to be on the 29th through the 3rd. Once again, the 29th through August 3rd. And uh, that's going to be all about pet allergies. And uh, there's a great group of speakers that are basically all going to talk about our pets' allergies, how to do, how to handle them, how we can help our pets during their um, allergy breakouts and see uh, it's, it's going to be a great summit. So anyway, like you to join. And another thing just to uh, talk about, which is, you know, you know how I, I get crazy when everyone says something about the, is the best. There's no such thing as the best. Because the best for one person may not be the best for the other person. With me being a veterinarian, I guess only my family used to think I was the best. Then sometimes my clients might say, okay, you got to go see Jeff. He's the best. But anyway, this just came out. I just found out last week. I had to like, you know, brag a little bit. So this is a, a Angelino is a, is a magazine. All right. This is Paris Hilton on the cover. It's a magazine. It's like, kind of like a Los Angeles magazine. They say maybe it's a little higher end. Who knows? Who cares? But anyway, they had a series of the best of Los Angeles and so many categories. It's like 15 pages of the best. I mean, the best everything. But anyway, in travel, I look at the last page. It's the last page, of course. <laughs> they had travel. They had a bunch of hotels, the best staycation, the best hotel rooftop, best hotel lobby. I mean, it's crazy. Anyway, none of, I, pets, I was intrigued. I'm going to look at what's okay. Let's hear the pets. And they had the uh, best overnight care in central Los Angeles, best overnight daycare in West Los Angeles, best pet store, best pet accessories, and then the best vet. Now, this I have to show you. I have to brag a little bit, but the best vet, if you can see it right there, I don't know if you can see Dr. Jeff Werber. So somebody else. Now, it's affirmed. I, I must be the best. No, there's no such thing as the best. But it is nice that somebody thought I was, and they happen to be an editor or the contributor to this magazine article. But uh, anyway, it was kind of fun. So for those of you who are seeing me, just so you know, at least according to my family, 
some of my clients, and now Angelino Magazine, you're going to the best vet in LA. So uh, I'll give you a little comfort there. So um, a couple of things. So this came out, this was, there were a couple of articles about this, and it was really because of things with, you know, a lot of fires. This time of year, we get a lot of fires. The heat, it's very dry here in, in the LA area, and it's very hot. So they were talking about smoke inhalation. So burns and smoke inhalation, listen to this, may cause clotting risks in cats. So those that are burned or exposed to smoke were now more likely to form clots, which would develop heart disease, right, than those that weren't exposed. So percentage-wise, there's something about the burn or the smoke inhalation that is increasing the formation of clots, which then can be very, very detrimental. And the research found there must be a receptor on the platelets, all right, that might have a role in clotting. So when these link onto the receptor, that induces a clot, almost like an injury, like when you cut yourself. So for some reason, even though there's no outward injury, just the smoke inhalation or the burn is attacking those receptors and therefore the blood starts to clot, which where you don't want it to clot. So uh, uh, just an FII, so very important. Then speaking of fires and burns, just understand that in a home, pets can easily start fires. For example, cats. I go crazy when I see walking home and there's a candle burning and nobody's around, but I see a cat walking around because cats are awfully intrigued by flame because it's flickering and it's moving and cats, as you know, they're hunters and they like to tap and they touch. Well, they can knock a candle over and uh, that could be disastrous. Dogs like to chew. Bunnies like to chew. If they chew on an electrical wire and it gets that spark, besides that, they're going to get quite the shock, but you get that spark that can actually attack something nearby, carpeting, paper, something. And um, anyway, that also could be a, a big problem. So obviously be very, very careful. It's all about prevention. Prevention is the key to almost any problem if you can prevent. So keep a close watch on your pets. And also make sure that you have some scientists. If you have to call the fire department, let them know how many pets you have inside. And also what a lot of people recommend, and you can get these stickers from a fire department that you can put on a, on a window that's right by a front door or on the door itself that talks about that actually will let them know how many and what kind of pets you have in the house. So if heaven forbid, you're not home, they have to break in the house, they know to look for your pets as well. So that's a really, really important. Now, talking about heat and burns, how about summer heat? One thing you want to think about also are two things, booties and cooling vests they're out there. And especially because of pavement stays very, very hot. And I say it all the time. If it's too hot for you to walk barefoot, yeah, think about this. You know, people you go to the sand at the beach. Those of you who have beaches, you know how like in the middle of the, it gets really hot that you're running from, you know, towel to towel and that sand is hot and it starts burning the bottoms of your feet and you start running, right? It's no different for your dogs. So you have to understand that if you're going to take them on a beach and they're going to run, either run down by the water, all right? Or put some booties on or a little protection. If it's too hot for you. It's probably too hot for your dog's pads as well. And also understand that these dogs are dogs that are at risk of heat prostration, of, of overheating. And to a point of being dangerous, our short-faced breeds are at greater risk. So your Frenchies, which I had no English bulldogs, Shih Tzus and Lasses and Pugs and Boston Terriers. You could see it in their face, Japanese chins. All the dogs with that, that little Persian cats, when they have that pushed in face, their breathing is not like, <laughs> it's <laughs> and then they start literally, the more difficulty they have, the more they try to breathe. And that's where the problem lies. It becomes a huge issue. So uh, anyway, keep that in mind with the summer heat. All right. So anyway, and here you two on our good pet life radio, you have free advice. 
now's the time. Pick my brain. What, what, what's left of it anyway? So I want, to, uh, I want to answer your question. So this was really a cool story, okay? And I liked it a lot. Just, there's a connection between dogs, a neurologic connection between dogs' eyes and their nose. So that we call signaling pathways that exist in a dog's brains. So it's between the olfactory, which is the smelling, and the occipital lobe, which is for sight. And what does this mean? So many of you have probably had, or maybe when dogs get older and they lose their sight, and yet you could swear that they are, they're seeing, they're going after something with direction. They're actually going after it, but they can't see what's happening. So as we know, dogs' noses are amazing. Their sense of smell, what we have about, they say we have about 5 million olfactory nerves, smelling nerves in our noses. The regular average dog, not even getting to the, the hounds, but the regular average dog have 250 million, maybe even more. When, as with any person, any animal, when they lose one of their senses, their other senses seem to sharpen because they rely on them more. So they already have amazing senses of smell and direction of smell. So what's happening is when they lose their vision, their sense of smell takes over and then their movement towards an object, it's as if they can see it. And so it's really crazy. Blind dogs can actually navigate their surroundings. Okay, let's see what else got next here. Ooh, this is good. I'm sure you're gonna love to hear it. I kind of like to hear it. Not that I want anybody getting in really bad trouble, but you know, it sends a message. So there's a concert in Massachusetts, just outside Boston. Concert. I kind of I'm not a fish fan, though I do like salmon and I'm just kidding. So fish is a it's a musical group, P H, I think, F I S H or whatever it is. Anyway, or P F I, I don't even know, but it's a musical group. Anyway, they were having a concert in Boston, and some people brought their dogs in their cars, went into the concert. And left no ventilation, no open windows, nada. They figured, well, it was the evening time. It wasn't that hot. It's hot. When you're back east during the summer, it's hot. And it's muggy. And it stays hot. It can be still 80 degrees. P.S. Someone called the police. They broke through the windows or they they picked the locks. They got the dogs out of the car. And they um, fined, more than fined. They arrested, in a sense. They have an arraignment in a couple of weeks. And um, so if you're going to leave, well, first of all, I shouldn't say if. Don't leave your pets in a parked car. That's not a good thing to do. But if, for whatever reason, and I shouldn't even tell you what you should do, but water, ventilation, leave the air conditioner on, something. In fact, it's so interesting that I found it out. I didn't know about this because I was giving a little hell to a friend of mine who I pulled up to the office in my car. I'm parked next to him, and it's a Tesla. And this, the windows are all the way closed, and the dog's inside. So I go in, so what are you doing? He goes, no. Tesla has a pet mode where when you have your pets in a car, the ventilation keeps going. It automatically maintains the temperature at whatever temperature you set it for. Could be 70 degrees, 65, whatever. So that's a pretty good feature. I still wouldn't recommend it. And if you do do it, if you have a Tesla and you use that feature, make sure you put a note on the car saying, don't break my window. I have that in there and they are in a temper controlled car, a temperature controlled car, because that's what Tesla offers. So um, again, but that's, that's pretty cool. Anyway, it's the time we're gonna take a, a quick break. And when we come back, we'll talk about, we'll answer some of your questions. Oh wow, some Southeast Michigan, love that, love that. Parvo, we'll talk about that, good. So we got some things to talk about. Hello, Dr. Lisa. So yes, we're going to talk about that as well. Oh, good, good. Some questions come by. So we're going to break. 
We're going to come back and we're going to answer some questions. Don't go away. Take a bite out of your competition. Advertise your business with an ad in Pet Life Radio podcasts and radio shows. There is no other pet-related media that is as large and reaches more pet parents and pet lovers than Pet Life Radio. With over 7 million monthly listeners, Pet Life Radio podcasts are available on all major podcast platforms. And our live radio stream goes out to over 250 million subscribers on iHeartRadio, Odyssey, TuneIn, Stitcher, and other streaming apps. For more information on how you can advertise on the number one pet podcast and radio network, visit PetLifeRadio.com slash advertise today. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets. On Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. And hi, hi. We're back here on Pet Life Radio's Ask the Vets with Dr. Jeff. And on Instagram, we just answered some questions about a cat with FIV, feline immunodeficiency virus, meaning that it's immunodeficiency. You know, we used to think that FELV was like the, the, the first cousin of, of AIDS, the HIV. Now we know that it's FIV. But as with HIV, cats with FIV, unless they're just challenged a lot, seem to do very well. I, you know, there's no specific treatment for it. Uh, there's no vaccine for it. There is a vaccine for leukemia virus, but I use with caution. And again, I, I'm maybe a little bit controversial on this one, but in California, rabies vaccine isn't required by law for cats. So what I have found that the two vaccines that are most often implicated in feline vaccine-induced sarcoma, that is a cancer from a vaccine the injection at the injection site, the two most often implicated are rabies and feline leukemia virus vaccine. So if I have indoor-only cats and I don't have to give rabies by law, why am I giving vaccines for either of those two? I have five cats all indoors. I don't vaccinate for them. Why, why even add the risk if they don't need it, if they're indoor only? Oh, well, they might get out once. No, FEOB is prolonged direct contact with a leukemia-positive cat. I'm talking, they're living together. They're sharing food bowls. They're grooming each other. They're using the same litter box. I mean, no, not just having a passing and getting a fight maybe with an FEOB cat once if your cat gets out. So I'm not a fan. And that's why, just so you know, you'll notice, I'm sure, your veterinarian in giving vaccines to cats now no longer give it up in the shoulders or the trunk. They give it in the thigh, using the, one of the hind thighs. And do you know why? Do you know why it's changed? Because if your cat develops that feline vaccine to do sarcoma, you know what you can do to save its life? Amputate the leg. So when you think about it, really, you, you want to even risk that if you don't have to? So yeah, you know, I'm, I'm all for vaccines, but I'm not, I'm not for vaccines, unnecessary vaccines. You know, it's like giving your rattlesnake vaccine to a, a dog who lives on the Wilshire Corridor on the 31st floor and their feet never touch the ground. All right, I'm not giving a rattlesnake vaccine. I'm not giving Lyme because we don't really have Lyme out here. So now if a cat or a dog is going back east for the summer, yes, I'm going to recommend Lyme. So it all, you know, many vaccines are lifestyle. We have our core vaccines, but the rest are lifestyle. Talk to your veterinarian, but I'm not one that is an advocate of vaccinating just for the sake of vaccine. Now, speaking of diseases and vaccine, Deb, a former client, not because she's love me anymore, I hope. <laughs> she moved She moved out of LA. Anyway, talk about parvovirus. If your dog's taking care of, your dog care of is, I say, if a dog you're taking care of, hers diagnosed, I say is diagnosed, how do you clean up to make the other safe? All right. So first of all, 
There's a lot of arguing and commenting about how long does a parvo survivor shed parvo, okay? So I can only tell you this from personal experience. I had one of my, my second Labrador, third Labrador actually had parvo as a pup. I had a, a Labrador already. So he was hospitalized. This was back in school when I was at UC Davis. He survived, went on to leave a great life, by the way. But I brought him home. I, you know, my other dog was vaccinated, so I wasn't that worried and, and, and never had a problem. They say they can stay in the environment for up to six months. So what you can do is obviously disinfect as best you can. Uh, they say you could take a very dilute bleach. I mean dilute. One part to, I've heard 16 parts, I've heard 32 parts of water to bleach. So obviously a lot of water, a little bit of bleach and spray down, wipe down. Obviously it's not something that might, you know, you check for color fast because you don't want to get all of a sudden the bleaching bleach from the bleach on your nice fabrics or your carpeting. Products are out there that will be say 99.9% .9 like a Lysol, you know, antiviral. So just do thorough cleaning. If you're going to have your parvo survivor mingling with other dogs, just make sure the other dogs are well vaccinated. But once your dog is fine, I would say if you want to be safe, kind of keep them separate for about maybe six weeks. Let's put it this way. I know what the academics say. And there's a difference between academic medicine and practical medicine. I am not an academician. I do not practice academic medicine. I practice practical medicine. And I have yet to have parvo from a, a known parvo survivor, right? Give it to another dog in the same home or friends after six weeks. So, you know, again, yes, the, the virus could live, they say, but how infective is it? It's the same, same argument we get with, you know, vaccine and antibody. You know, I argue, I just got my antibody test tighter on COVID. Now, I've had two booster vaccines, I had a booster, and I, I've been exposed to it many times since. I don't get it. I know I have a pretty decent immune system. So I said, you know what, I'm going to get a titer. And the range of this particular lab was the index was one. If you're greater than one, you still have protection. Less than one, you probably should get another booster. I was not greater than one. I was greater than 100. So I'm not worried for me. And that could explain why I haven't been sick, even though I'm, I know I've been with people that call me the next day. Oh, by the way, Jeff, I have to let you know, I just tested positive for COVID. So you know, that's how I feel. So the, those that argue with me say, well, yeah, you might have a lot of antibody, but the question is, are they protective? And I get, you know, some, I don't know, but guess what? I don't care because I'm not getting sick. So obviously whatever I have is working. I feel the same way about Parvo. Yes, they can do the, the, the academic testing and see that it's still in the environment. The question is, are they still infective viruses? And that we don't know, but I'll tell you practically from my experience, I think you'll be good, Deb. Um, you want to be separated for about you know four to six weeks, make sure they're still good, test again for Parvo. Uh, once Parvo is out of their system, I think you're going to be good. We talked about this a little bit either last week or the week before, but the reason I'm concerned about this is there. I'm a neighbor and they know it's, it's, it's a problem and they're, they're cleaning up, but they have these mushrooms that I'm telling you, I can walk my dogs one day and see a bunch of these wild mushrooms they know it. They, he's a dent. They're both husband and wife are both dentists. So they're medical people. They pick them because they have dogs too. And literally two days later, their mushrooms are back. It is unbelievable how fast these things grow. Anyway, most of these wild mushrooms, again, I'm not an expert. Many of these wild mushrooms are highly toxic. There was a story years ago about a family visiting here from Asia, and they were doing some hiking in the mountains, a husband, wife, and two kids. And they found them all dead with remnants of mushroom. They did not know that wild mushrooms here in the States may be different than wild mushrooms there. Whatever they were, they should not have eaten them. All of them, all the four of them dead. So this was a seven-month-old spaniel in South Carolina. 
died from the toxic effects of eating poisonous mushrooms. So again, if you're hiking, if you're out there and you see a mushroom that you did not buy in a store shelf, I don't care if it looks like the best mushroom around and it's very appetizing. Do not, I repeat, do not eat it or give it to your pets because we don't know. And I, you know, I know there, a client of mine wants to show me a chart of no, non-poisonous mushrooms and poisonous mushrooms. And let me tell you something. From the naked eye, some of them, I could not tell them apart. Now, these experts, they probably know what to look for, and they can pick up you know, little minor differences, but how insane. They look so similar. So much so that I'm kind of scared to go out and have my mushroom pizza now because, I mean, you just don't know. You see them in the, the shelf. They all look, you know, whatever, you know, little buttonhole mushrooms. We got the fancy ones, Sarmenia mushrooms. I mean, there's some, a lot of different types out there. Portobello mushrooms, those I like. But if you don't know, if you're not a, a mushroom enthusiast, then don't eat mushrooms. So uh, there's ones called the Amanita and the Gallerina mushrooms. One that I talked about a couple of weeks ago, I even had the, had the word death in it. I think right there should be a clue. You might want to avoid that one. But uh, these, uh, what they cause liver failure. And uh, so the, the, the recommendation is here is that we should, of course, avoid all wild mushrooms. I kind of like that recommendation. I don't have to be the best to say, you know, something. don't eat the wild mushrooms and don't let your dogs eat them either. All right. So um, that's all we have time for, unless we have any more questions for me. Otherwise, we'll see you here next week, same time, same channel, here on Pet Life Radio's Ask the Vets with Dr. Jeff at 9 in the West, noon in the East, and anywhere in between. And then, of course, here on Instagram Live. And then two weeks from now, we will be off the air, and but back on the following week after that. So again, thanks for joining me. Those of you who have any kind of questions, please don't hesitate to send them to me on my Instagram or on Pet Life Radio. It's very easy. Dr. Jeff at PetLifeRadio.com. On Instagram, you go into Werbs underscore DVM, Werbs being my nickname, but you can also just find me uh, just by punching in Dr. Jeff Werber. And again, the Allergy Summit, you want to go onto my bio on Instagram. So click on my bio. And then in the lower line, you'll see a link there. And on the 29th through August 3rd, you can register. I think I, I mine might be on the 29th, my talk. So you want to go on, I'll listen to it, but you'll, the lineup of veterinarians, very impressive. So you learn a lot about allergy and as I said, how to treat, how to prevent, etc. And just how to understand them more. So anyway, I encourage you to uh, join me on uh, the 29th on the Canine uh, Allergy Summit. And again, the link is there in my bio on Instagram. All right. Other than that, send me questions. Love to hear from you. And uh, we'll have a great week, everybody. And we'll uh, see you next week. Bye-bye. Let's Talk Pets. Every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.